the college football experience week two previews and picks episode on the sports gambling podcast networks presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia from boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport. WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $500 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winbet.com. That's W Y N N bet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by PicksWise. PicksWise is the number one home of free sports betting picks. Visit PicksWise.com to make your next bet better. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at underdogfantasy.com with the promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in their Best Ball Mania 2 for a chance at a million dollars. Got to do that. Also, we're brought to you by the SGPN app. Yes, us. Don't forget to download the SGPN app in the App Store or Google Play Store. SGPN is giving you a chance to win $100,000 NFL Week 1 exclusively on the SGPN app. Hey, what's up, you degenerate gamblers? This is Bill Burr, and you're listening to SGPN. Let it ride, baby. Welcome. Welcome to the college football experience week two preview and picks episode. My name is Colby swinging Dan to base Dan, AKA pick Dundee. That's not a pick. This is a pick. Nobody knows nothing. Somebody knows double the price, but no one touches Dundee. No one touches Dundee. Well, this guy, no one wants to touch because geez, his, his picks have been cold. Give it up for former, former JMU Duke defensive back, the burrito eating sideline kiss, stealing, wheeling and dealing Patty C in the place to be. Hi. Appreciate you dogging me out there to start the episode. Had to talk some shit. Had to talk some shit. Well, we got third man in the booth. I'm in Las Vegas. Patty sees in LA. NC Nick here. Give it up for the rooftop IPA drinking, homebrew making, tobacco road living, the free lock giving. Former, former Herndon Basketball League MVP. Give it up for NC Nick in the place to be. Hi, hey, what's going on, guys? We got the triangle of death right here. The triangle <laughs> of death. And look, Patty, see, it was just one week. All right. Just one week. But look, it's tough when you're going up a co- against a couple sharks. You know what I mean? It's tough when <laughs> I see you guys uh, tearing up tally site. Oh, me. Two of the top uh, four spots. Me, NC so Nick, Terrell Furman Jr., my guy. Look, I'm yeah. hitting. 64, 40 and one 64, 40 and one. Now I will say I'm on a two game losing streak because Notre Dame up 18 collapsed mm. like the lawn chair program. They are 
And then uh, Louisville, every player got ejected. That game was the worst. Uh, this shouldn't be labeled a football game. And then I should be 66 and 38. I'm I'm mad. All right. 62% though. NC Nick though, coming in 60, 41 and two so far this season. And at least I got that old miss game, right? You guys were singing the Louisville praises. I don't know why. When's the last time they beat it? An SEC school, they they get uh, smacked by Kentucky every year. And I'm so, telling you, Ole Miss is going to be better this year, especially defensively. I I realize the game was bizarre and there was a lot of bogus penalties and ejections. I don't think that that affected the outcome that much. I agree. Ole, Ole, Ole Miss yeah. is going to cover. Ole Miss was Ole Miss was going to win that game. They were the better team, but that was a disgusting sporting event. Uh, uh, like that was just filthy, but. Uh, but, but to answer your question, Scott Satterfield beat Mississippi state and Joe Moorhead year one in a bowl game. Woo. Wow. Woo. Hey, go back Woo. three years. <laughs> Just that uh, last well, time I we had a full season, a little more from, and I mean, right. Well, I, I hate to say it, but look at the ACC's record week one against the sec, not even against I the sec they, in general, in, in general is even worse, but yeah. against the sec, I think they went what? Owen three. I think it was. Who was it? Clemson obviously I, lost to Georgia, Miami, Bama, oh. Louisville, and uh, Ole Miss. Kind of loaded the deck against them, though. Uh, in a way, yeah. But <laughs> but to your other point, the ACC wasn't good on on yeah. any front. Yeah, really. yeah, I agree. But I'm saying my like at least at least they should have gave Duke Alabama like years past. Kept that rivalry going. Well, Duke couldn't beat Charlotte, so <laughs> I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> they don't deserve to play Alabama. I am being sarcastic. It's the uh, uh, what Saban's great on in regular season matchups. Game one, although they've only played two away games in in, in 14 years, I just got to throw that out there. And Duke was one of those the tough environment that is Durham, <laughs> North Carolina. I was at that game. <laughs> I seriously, I was. I mean, it was a bloodbath. Hopefully, they were selling alcohol because uh, you know you needed to be bombed by halftime to enjoy that one. Well, I mean, we were tailgating, and I'm sure we had some airplane bottles slipped in. Yeah, I'm not sure if we were quite as drunk as you at the UCLA game. (laughs) Uh, That's very uh, true. They they don't know how to look. College football. It's between the Ole Miss game on Monday and me getting kicked out for rooting too hard for UCLA. I'm I'm having a hard hard time really understanding what college football is in 2021. You know, let me let me put a little perspective on Colby's concept of rooting too hard. Basically, screaming uh, Will Wade's a cheater into the ears of the entire LSU fan section incessantly. Was I wrong? Five seconds. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? All right. (laughs) Anyway, look, how's that Duke tailgating scene, huh? A lot like Patty, a, a lot like Patty C's picks. Patty C, though, look, you're still, you're still, you're still there. You're 47 and 51. All right, 48 percent. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong. What about, what about locks? Did he crack 500 locks? He is doing okay on the locks. I think he's nine and there five. There you go. There you go. He's nine there and five on the locks. Throw a little sunshine in there. Uh, so let's get to this. We got a, we got a loaded lineup week two. I'm in Vegas. I'm going to be betting all these games. Anyone that's in Vegas, hit us up, come out, you know, kick it with the, uh, you know, the SGP crew. You'll enjoy it. 
but let's hop into games here. No one gives a shit about hey, 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 before I do that. Rumor is that me and Alan Cooley are meeting up in Myrtle beach this weekend. All oh, right. So oh. while you guys, while you guys got your Vegas thing going on, me and Cooley will be in Myrtle beach. So if anybody's in Myrtle beach, come check us out. There you oh, go. Shit. There you go, man. Myrtle beach. That's always a, that's a, a mean good tandem time. right there out in Myrtle. <laughs> what is it? Biker week? <laughs> uh, Maybe. Sturgis right. of the East over there. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what's going down just up the road in Myrtle Beach Friday, 4 30 on the West, 7 30 on the East. The Kansas Jayhawks coming in. I'm sure they're going to be the talk of Myrtle Beach. Lance Leopold coming in there to Myrtle Beach, Conway, South Carolina, just right up the road to take on the Chanticleers of Coastal Carolina on that. Aqua turf, whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, coastal laying 25 and a half right now, 25 and a half Patty C. I, I mean, first off, I think me and NC Nick locked up Kansas. I think we might've got Patty C to buy in. I got to go back and listen to that episode. Kansas has already pushed, but it was ugly. It was ugly, but they got it done. Lance Leopold already a winner. What they didn't win any games last year with Les Miles, so he's already doing more than what Les Miles did uh, in in just a one week in, in Lawrence, essentially. So, wh- what are you guys thinking here, Patty? See where are you going here? Well, I, I'm going to say, I, you know, you're a hot ticket in Lawrence, Kansas, when your first game you get the field stormed for beating an FCS team. So <laughs> that's how bad things are in Kansas. Lance Leopold, a very welcome addition there. Um, What's the spread we're getting on this? 25 and a half, Uh, 25 and a half. I mean, look, I was a little bit doubting that coastal could repeat it for a second year in a row, but they, they pretty much shut that idea down right off the top, kind of blowing the doors off and letting Citadel sneak in a few doors, uh, a few points at the end of the game, coastal Carolina, all the way in this one, Nick, are you agreeing with Patty C? No, I don't think so. Um, this line opened at 28 early money's been on Kansas dropped it to what you said, 25, 25 and a half. Yeah. I mean, if you look at last year, like so coastals beat Kansas now a couple years in a row, but last year they won by 15. I don't know, man. I don't know why, but I'm guessing it's going to be a little bit closer than expected. I mean, you have to have, you have to be concerned about Kansas right now. Okay. They just barely won against an FCS opponent, their running backs ran for 30 yards on 25 carries. <laughs> so that's awful. <laughs> that's that's cause for concern. So uh, the O line is obviously not doing what they need to do, but I don't know. For some reason, I think Kansas covers that barely. I don't like it. I'm not going to lock it up. I'm not going to bet on it personally, but give me the points. It's easy to see a tide turn. We saw that well, tide turn in week one. What's that, Patty C? Let me say this. I, I'm kind of with there with Nick. When I say Coastal Carolina all the way, I, I can see exactly what Nick's saying. Uh, Kansas could keep it close enough that for as good as Coastal's been, Kansas has kept it relatively close, like Nick said. So maybe they do it again this year. I'm not betting. I'm not betting money on that. I was actually shocked at a few a few situations. Me and Stack and the Money Green were watching this Kansas game closely against South Dakota. A Leopold went uh, multiple fourth downs 
with just a, with just a six point lead or, a, or a, yeah, I believe it, a six point lead. So actually one of those ones, he got a clear cut first down the refs with a horrible spot. I'm talking like it was fourth and inches. It looked like the quarterback got about three yards and uh, the ref deemed it short of that. I don't know how that. Uh, and another thing is he couldn't challenge because they burned all their timeouts in the third quarter. So they were stuck with this and, and then South Dakota was able to take that possession and, and score and take the lead. And then Kansas had to, to come down and, and score on the fly in the final couple minutes just to get that game. But Kansas was up majority of the game. He went for a fourth and goal from the five uh, that shocked me when he was up six. Cause I was like, dude, just kick the field. We'll go up two scores. I don't know. I don't know if he was trying to send a message to his team that we're going for the win, but regardless as a guy that has Kansas over one win and I'm already pushing Jayhawks, baby. Jayhawks. They're not gonna win it outright. But give me give me the Jayhawks plus twenty five and a half. Yes. Give me this plus fifteen hundred or plus fifteen hundred on the money line. Get out of here. No way in hell. I know. They're not gonna win on the money line. I'm actually really nervous about the twenty five and a half. But give me it. Exactly. Give me it. Friday night, we also have a few other matchups. UTEP. Two and oh, UTEP. What you haven't been able to say that since 2004. The uh, the miners, Dana Dimmel on the hot seat. He says, Fuck you, right? And now he goes up to the Smurf turf, Boise State, coming off a loss at UCF. Guys, Boise's laying 26 points. What are you doing, NC Nick? I like Boise here. I think they're they, you know, they, they're pissed off at the you know, how they lost that UCF game. And the, you know what? They deserve to lose too. I mean, they only got 20 yards rushing. They got outgained by, by double gave up a 21 point lead. They blew a 21 point lead. Obviously, you know, part of that lead was the 100 yard interception return for a touchdown. Either way. I think they're, they're angry at that loss as well. They should be. And I think they take it out on poor UTEP without their, their main running back, Deion Hankins, who's out with an injury. Yeah. I think uh, UTEP nice little two and zero start. I think, uh, I mean, look, I mean, they beat Bethune Cookman by 10 last week. I almost locked this up, dude. I om- I still yeah. might lock this up. This still might yeah. be a lock. I think Boise state's going to really devour the miners. Um, yeah. This, this could be like 52, 10 or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, other two other games on Friday night. And I'm curious NC Nick's take because he he's a Duke fan. Duke well, are you skipping over Patty C with Boise Utah. Oh, oh, my bad, my bad there. Yes, Patty C. Yeah, I'm sorry. His picks were so cold. There. I forgot he was Look, part of the my, program. My, <laughs> I had a I had a UTEP off the top just because you know I just when Nick pointed that out, but I noticed it a little before that too. Uh, the ten point win over Bethune Cookman. <laughs> that's not saying that much. And you're right. You just got to wonder what happened in that. Uh, second and third quarter for Boise against UCF. Um, they finally figured it out toward the end. They scored again and it looked like they were going to maybe get the points. They just got uh, panicked and ran out of time. But if there was a little more time, maybe they'd have turned it up around and won that game. Um, so I do think Boise is a pretty good pick there. All right. Sorry. I, I didn't mean to forget you, buddy, but look, when the picks are cold, so, me, Colby, it hurts me. <laughs> it hurts me deep inside. <laughs> All right. I think one of the best storylines of week one, besides you know, some of these big, uh, you know, obviously uh, Clemson only putting up three points is 
the FCS, the FCS made their name known multiple wins, a, a, a double digit win uh, against an sec opponent, a, a win against uh, a, a PAC 12 favorite perhaps to win the, the conference. Um, oh, other, other big wins against Tulsa, but North Carolina, a and T coming off a loss to Furman is, is Cutcliffe and Duke going to get back on track. Mateo Durant, this guy ran for 255 yards and three touchdowns against Charlotte. And that wasn't enough. I don't know how that was not enough. Well, if you remember our DFS pod, I told you to start him, man. And I did. Yeah. But that, that wasn't enough because Duke sucks. Are you concerned <laughs> about a potential loss to a and T? No, not really. I mean, they just lost to Furman. What by uh, they lost by eleven to Furman. I, I do think a has got pretty solid quarterback in Jalen Fowler, but as bad as Duke is right now, I don't think they struggle with a and I think they could win that game. It might be a little bit closer than expected. I haven't seen a line for yeah, this game. I don't, I don't have a line. That's what or I would have prefaced that. But I just wanted to touch on the Friday night action. Uh, I think Duke rolls. Patty C, what do you think? I mean, we, we don't have, you say we don't have a line on that yet. Yeah, so we're just no, going yeah. Straight up Duke. Of course. Now, now here's a tricky one. North Dakota. This is a team that made the FCS playoffs and won a game or two in the FCS playoffs. They uh, coming off of an impressive win against Idaho state. They traveled to Logan Friday night to take on Utah state who just pulled the upset in Pullman in a game I was on uh, Utah state, Blake Anderson, Looking all right. Devin Tompkins had eight catches, 94 yards and a touchdown, but watch out for the fighting Hawks because Tommy Schuster was 14 of 18 for 183 in a score. And they got a good running back in Otis way 22 rushes, 114 yards and three touchdowns. This one could get slippery. I'm telling you, North Dakota just two years ago was in the big sky. We saw what the big sky did to the FCS. UC Davis taking down Tulsa. Eastern Washington taking down UNLV and Montana taking down East uh, or Washington, not Eastern Washington, Washington. And the other ones covered. I mean, Montana state in the big sky almost beat Wyoming. Uh, Weber state covers against Utah. Southern Utah covers against Arizona state. The big sky showed up in a gigantic way. Uh, Do you guys smell a potential FCS upset here? Uh, I mean, it's early enough in Blake Anderson's tenure that uh, we don't really know how far along he's gotten it. Although his success at Arkansas state and like his performance in game one suggests he's starting off hot. So I wouldn't be super concerned that there's an outright upset, but I would think depending on what that spread is, North Dakota is a pretty good bet to keep it close. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I agree. There could be a little bit of a letdown for Utah state off that big win, you know, over a PAC 12 opponent. Uh, I think Utah state's a better team though. I think they'll win, but it might be a little bit closer than expected. Once again, it all depends what that line is. I mean, if, if we're talking high teens, twenties, then I think North Dakota might be able to cover that. I think they're, they're waiting on that line because they know so many FCS schools fucked them last week. So they're like, Hey, yeah. let's, let's wait on this line. Let's figure out the right number guys. All right. That concludes Friday night's action. Obviously no Thursday games because the NFL action. So, but I want to tell you guys that the college football experience podcast is brought to you by WinBet. ready to win money and boost your odds. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing you the excitement of win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. 
exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from the NFL, college football, college basketball, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? We'll sign up today to receive a special. And I mean, special offer a risk-free $500 sports bet, download bet and win download the WinBet app now, or visit winbet.com. That's W Y N N bet.com to start winning today. All right, Saturday, let's have some fun on Saturday because well, gotta hit you 8. AM on the West. Wow. 11. AM on the East. I kind of like it. I kind of like the early kick here. The Illini, who I was not buying for one bit as UTSA. Nick, you were on UTSA with me, weren't you? No, I was on the Illini actually. <laughs> mistakenly. Uh, they were not legit <laughs> against Nebraska. Patty C, I tried to tried to warn you. Tried to warn you. This team's fraudulent. They should have lost to Nebraska. All the stats prove it. And uh guess what? Now they head to Charlottesville. Virginia, a 10 point favorite, but Virginia only gave up 85 yards passing to William and Mary um, 43, nothing win. I know it's an FCS school, but Illinois, not far from an FCS school in my mind, give me Virginia <laughs> minus 10 to get it done. I don't know if it's going to be Brandon Peters. I don't know if it's going to be Arthur Satowski, but I know one thing they ain't going into Charlottesville. Brandon Armstrong looked apart last week and I know it was an FCS opponent, but go back to last year. Go back to last year after they started out rough to start the season. It's easy to see a tide turn. You could see that tide turn and you saw Virginia kind of turn a corner there. And Brennan Armstrong was a big part of that. I got UVA minus 10 and I don't know how Illinois is going to move the ball on this defense to tell you the truth. Nick. Well, Oh, Nick, go ahead. I'm right there with you, buddy. You know, um, I was on the Illini in the first two weeks. You know, thankfully they came through in week zero against Nebraska, but I thought they'd have a clear advantage in the trenches against UTSA, and that really wasn't the case. I mean, UTSA put up what thirty-seven points and almost five hundred yards. You know, as a conference USA team playing on the road at Illinois, a Big Ten school. I mean, uh, you know, the rushing yards, you know, two hundred seventeen rushing yards by UTSA. If if the Roadrunners are able to to do that, just wait and see what Brennan Armstrong and UVA has in store for them. I don't think this is a blowout, but I think UVA wins by two touchdowns. Patty C, the UVA fan himself, what are you doing here? Well, like you say, sometimes I uh, smell my own shit a little bit, and I get to thinking my team is good. I don't want to jinx them, but I think I agree with you both in this situation. When I when I really think about, and I'm surprised that Nick, because you told me Colby that. Nick was the one that convinced you, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that Illinois needed all the breaks against Nebraska. No, 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 no. I, I convinced Nick. Uh, kind of the oh, other yeah. way around. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, I was touting my my week zero win, you know, Illinois over Nebraska because Colby was on the Cornhuskers. I was on the Fighting Illini. And Colby made the case that it was kind of a fortunate win, which I agree. Part of it was uh, the Illini getting lucky, and part of it was betting against Nebraska who always shoots himself in the foot. Yeah. But regardless, point. the line, I got lucky. I mean, I feel like if yeah. they play, they play that game 10 times. Nebraska wins nine. 
I don't think so. Yeah, Maybe six. So, yeah, I think Colby has a much more rosy opinion of what's going on over in Lincoln, but, um, and, and, uh, and a doubter on Illinois success. I think you're, you're really sleeping on them, but well, that said, I, maybe I was a little high on Illinois, just like Nick and, uh, and Bronco Mendenhall's got the defense rocking that he always does, or except for last year. And then he's got his mobile quarterbacks and he's got like two or three or four of them. Now, I think four quarterbacks got snaps last game. Um, Brennan Armstrong, Nick's Heisman uh, favorite, and uh, Keaton Thompson. Did you see that run he had? It was unbelievable. I did. I Mississippi think, State transfer Keontae uh, Thompson. Yeah, he's he's got a little uh, Taysom Hill going on in him there. Maybe not the throwing aspect, not that Taysom Hill has that, but either way, uh, you got to figure early early morning game in Charlottesville. I bet there's going to be six fans at the stadium, but I still think UVA is 10 points better than Illinois. There's not going to be six fans. They're going to show out and this is a Dundee lock. So let me just take you to the land down under. (laughs) You want to take Virginia minus 10. That is a Dundee lock. Let's do it. Let's have some fun. Go with me to Charlottesville on that 8 AM kick on the West. Uh, Anyone else want to lock this one up? I'm not, I'm not there yet. Okay. Okay. Well, guess what? At eight, did you see, did you see the ACC in week one? (laughs) (laughs) That is true. Very true. Except for Virginia tech. So I'm hoping right down there in Virginia, Um, you know what? I mean, look, Virginia tech, nice win. Of course, I'm not going to come here throwing any shade, but the Hokie offense did not do much against a pretty bad defense either. Mm, mm. Did enough to win buddy. That's all that matters. Consider the shade thrown. <laughs> All right. Well, eight thirty a.m., eleven thirty a.m. on the uh, East. N- NC Knicks Hilltoppers. Bailey Zap threw for four hundred twenty-four yards, seven touchdowns in, in his first FBS college football game. Wow, that, that's getting it done. They go on the road to West Point, New York, to take on Army, who absolutely took an a- just. Just unloaded on on Georgia State. The Panthers just destroyed them. That was one of the more surprising games I thought of week one was what Army did to Georgia State. Army laying seven. This line opened up at four and a half. Um so the money's coming in on Army. Guys, what are we thinking? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to ride Army. I, I was really impressed. And uh, I, I think Western Kentucky might be able to offensively be there. West Kentucky beat UT Martin. I think it's a little different facing this black Knight defense. Give me army minus seven, but I'll, I'll tell you this. I would not go past seven. I would not go past seven. Army tends to play a lot of close games. I worry about the Western Kentucky. Uh, what, whereas I think the offense might be able to keep up. I worry about when they, they do this uh, kind of an air raid pass. I wonder how well they're going to be able to, to, you know, defend the triple option and army. So uh, I'm going to ride with army. I don't love this play because army traditionally plays a lot of close games, but Patty, see where you at here. I think uh, I'm with you. I think you have a a bit of a shootout here. I wouldn't be surprised if Western Kentucky uh, was able to score with army, but I think army's just got, I mean, that, that went over Georgia state. We were pretty darn high on Georgia state coming in this season. So I've lost a lot of faith in them based on what army did to them, but we'll see how that is moving forward. That said army, give me a touchdown. All right. NC Nick. Yeah. Triple that, but I definitely don't love it. This is one of my least favorite games of the week. I don't know what to make of West Kentucky just yet. You know, sure. Their first game, you know, we, we they always had the defense last couple of years. Now maybe they have the offense to complement it, or maybe they're just playing a really bad UTM team, you know? So it's kind of hard to tell, but 
I know Army limited a pretty good Georgia State offense to uh, what 177 total yards. So it's tough to go against the Black Knights at home. I do agree. Colby took the words out of my mouth. Anything if it gets up any more than seven, I'm seriously considering Western Kentucky. But if it's seven or below, I'm with you. Go Army. Yeah. Well, how often do you see a team score 59 points one week and then just completely be unable to move the ball the next week? And Army's only going to score so many points. Granted, they put up 70 on Houston, but I feel like that's a once in a blue moon occasion. So uh, you got to figure Western Kentucky is going to be able to score a little bit on them. So uh, wait, uh, are you taking the Hilltoppers, Pat? No, no, I'm uh, taking okay. Army. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I do think Western Kentucky will have opportunities with Bailey Zab. I mean, he's just two for 424 yards. I don't care if UT Martin's bad. It's still seven touchdowns and 424 yards. Um, same time, eight thirty kick. And I, 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 I know, you know, we're not going to highlight every single FCS game, but I think this one's got upset potential. Yes. We're high on Kent state. They looked, they actually hung in with a and M for a half. They really did. But VMI, the key debts, uh, FCS top 25 team. They just rolled Davidson who made the FCS playoffs. Seth Morgan, good quarterback, 18 of 23, 157, two scores. Didn't even need to, to throw the ball too much. Uh, what do we make of this VMI at Kent state game? Do we have an FCS upset potentially in the make making their uh, NC Nick? So uh, that quarterback Morgan, he was a guy that came in like midway through the year, right? Yeah. For Reese started last year, transferred to FBS school, right? No, no. He, yeah. He transferred to Maryland. Reese Yudinski, Maryland. That's yeah. what it was. I saw him on a roster. I was like, hold on. I know that name. Uh, VMI is pretty legit, man. Uh, but I do think Kent state, I was, you know, going back to like win totals and everything. I was on them and the over, which is, I think it's like five or five and a half. So I think Kent state needs this win. I think they get it, but it could be close to the next Yeah. I wonder what that line will be one to monitor. Cause I, I think Kent state's going to get that win, but VMI might be able to play them close. Keep an eye on that one. There's no line out on it yet. All right. Not Patty. See any take on the, on the VMI Kent state game. Well, it just goes to show how good Texas A&M's defensive. If Kent State had the number one offense in the country last year and was held at ten points, so look out for A&M. But uh, I don't have much of a take on this game. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I guess. Uh, I mean, via Kent State, close. Kent State in a close one because VMI showed up last year. All right. Well, nine a.m. Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, Greenville, North Carolina. This game. East Carolina opened up as a three and a half point favorite. I don't know how the hell that was uh, maybe because we haven't had fans at Dowdy Ficklin for over a year, but now South Carolina is a two point favorite. So we've had a five and a half point swing in this, uh, in this line here, South Carolina beat Eastern Illinois, but Eastern Illinois probably just two wins in the past two FCS seasons. I don't know. What do you guys make of ECU? Obviously they were extremely disappointing in my opinion against app state. Although that was a touchdown on the hail Mary, you pieces of shit. Um, South Carolina at East Carolina, NC Nick. I know you think the pirates are on the verge of greatness, but what are you doing here? <laughs> do I? Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Hold on. Let me just do this. Does Mike Houston believe in the pirates in the spirit of ECU? Well, he's got the, I, I, right now I want him fired. If he wins this game, we'll talk. 
<laughs> but uh, uh, waving the white flag in a 14 point game with a minute and 30 seconds left when you have the ball. That's not the spirit of of ECU that I that I knew under Steve Logan and others, right? Yes, not at all. What are you doing here? <laughs> so I think you know the biggest thing with ECU in that game against App, and you know what I got to give credit to Patty C there because I've been an App State fan for a while now, and I was a little bit down on my boys, and and Patty C showed me the light. He was he was <laughs> on the Mountaineers. I picked ECU last week. I listened to too much pick Dundee. And that nonsense he was spewing about those boys in Greenville. <laughs> I should be listening to Patty C over there. He was right. I don't know why I doubted my guys from Boone. Only listen to Patty C when Colby's talking about. Uh, I'll say this: if all that, logic goes out the window in that situation. But seriously, the thing watching the game was that App State just looked bigger, more physical, more athletic, faster. I mean, they just looked like complete better team. Yeah. And you know, I mean, if you look, I mean, ECU gave up what 226 yards rushing. They gave up two, two app state rushers ran over, ran for over 100 yards. And let me tell you, South Carolina can run the ball too. You know uh, their main back, Kevin Harris did not play last week due to uh, a back injury. I think he is back in action this week. I think he's going to play. They had a, another true freshman run for over 100 yards last week. Granted, it was Eastern Illinois. All I know is that after seeing ECU last week, I don't know how you can pick them in a close game against an SEC opponent. Therefore, I'm on the Gamecocks. Well, I can tell you this: when this game opened, it was uh, when this line opened. I, I was ready to take South Carolina in the three and a half points. If you checked Tally said I even put that, but then. Uh, it's down to to ECU getting two now. You don't just go into Dowdy Ficklin and grab wins, especially knowing if we can load the box and make Zeb Nolan beat us. Zeb Nolan against a terrible defense in Eastern Illinois was still thirteen of twenty two for one hundred twenty one yards. Now he did throw four touchdowns. I don't know how that's possible when you only threw one hundred twenty one yards. He threw four one yard touchdowns. Um, I will say, I will say, Luke Dottie might be back. I'm not sure how much of an upgrade that is over Noland, but there's a chance he plays this weekend. Uh, well, I have a source and we know him. He's, he's making picks with us that says Nolan beat out Dowdy, regardless of the injury, regardless of the injury, who knows if that's a hundred percent true. We will find out. But no, I took South Carolina plus three and a half. You know what? Uh, but I can't. You know what? Until Mike Houston proves otherwise, give me the Gamecocks. I can't take this ECU team waving the white flag <laughs> like the gutless wonders they are. Um, all right, folks. I want to tell you that the college football experience is brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Go check out the new PropSwap.com, which is packed with fresh features like filtering tickets based on value to find the best odds available. Browse the activity feed to stay in the know. A loyalty re- rewards program that turns sales into extra cash and much more. It's like Blockbuster's back, guys. Uh, use the promo code SGP on your first deposit, and PropSwap will match it up to $500. If you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money, it just has to improve when making your bets. Also, remember to go for two. 
make two tick, you know, get two tickets essentially on the same team or player, whatever the bet is. Uh, so you can sell one for profit and then you have one for yourself to, you know, give yourself some skin in the game. Thousands of buyers across the country are shopping for tickets on prop swap every single day. Get started today by going to propswap.com or download the prop swap app. Prop swap is where America buys and sells sports bets. All right. We already went there. Okay. But the, the 9 a.m. slate or the new slate. One thing real quick. What's that? This is my lock of the week. Oh, fuck, man. South I Carolina f- is going to throttle. Why do I keep forgetting to- you? Uh, I'm out all the way out here in LA. You're in, you're in Vegas. You ever been, you've been drinking or you just started drinking. It's about to go down. You see the, this is the calm before the storm for Colby Dent. Uh, uh, yeah. South Carolina is going to throttle ECU. I, I'm sorry. There's just uh, uh app state has physicality, but as uh, South Carolina has sec physicality, you know, and, and they've been banging with the big boys for years now. And ECU is just not ready. Not yet with the, even with that improved line on both sides of the ball and everything, South Carolina is going to give it to them. All I right. can't believe this line is as low as it, as it is. We will see that sec physicality looked great in West or in Pasadena on Saturday. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let's no, no, my bad. I didn't mean to skip you on that, but uh, Patty C is oh, locking that one up. Nick, you locking that? No, no. You know, at first I was surprised at the line, and sometimes when I'm like really surprised by a line, it makes me a little hesitant. So um, I'm taking the game talks, not locking it. All right, all right. Nine a.m. on the west. Noon on the east, the Oregon Ducks go in to Columbus, Ohio. And, you know, I think uh, Mario Cristobal doing a great job uh, of basically saying, well, Kayvon Thibodeau might be playing. He might, yeah, we saw him in a boot last week. I don't think he's going to play, right? Is this just the charades? Uh, let's go. Quack, quack, quack. quack. Guys, this line's at 14 and a half right now, and I think they're baiting you to take Oregon. I got Ohio State winning big. And I think when you look at the stats from I mean, first off, Oregon was losing in the fourth quarter to the Fresno State Bulldogs. Now, I think Fresno State's gonna be a player in the Mountain West this year. I really believe that. But I tell you my problem. I don't think Oregon, first off, Oregon got two fumbles on the in the Fresno uh inside like the Fresno 30, right? to start that game up 14, nothing, right? Ever since then, Fresno was the better team. And if you look at the stats, Fresno outgained Oregon. I'm not buying in Anthony Brown. I thought, you know, yes, he had a key run to win that game, but I think he struggled to throw the ball just 172 yards. I am not buying it. I got Ohio state winning big in this one, Nick. Yeah, I'm with you again. Uh, I don't trust Anthony Brown. I haven't trusted him since his days at Boston College. Uh, you know, he was what 15 of 24 passing, 172 yards and a touchdown against a Fresno defense that is not that good. And then if you look at Ohio State, I mean, you know, they were they were down 14-10 at half against Minnesota. Then they dropped five second half touchdowns on the Golden Gophers. This team has got difference makers on offense everywhere you look. If you look at the two freshman running backs, Mayan Williams and Travion Henderson, they each had touchdowns of 70 plus yards. I think this Ohio State offense is going to be something to reckon with. 
Uh, especially, you know, CJ Stroud, the, the uh, freshman quarterback, his first start uh, first half, you know, getting his feet wet, looked a little iffy. I think he settled down in the second half, found his groove. We know they have the best receiver duo in the country. I think Buckeyes roll here. And I think that this game might get out of hand. I don't trust Oregon. I don't either. When Fresno state out gains you in Eugene, right? <laughs> I have issues with, with uh, if that was in Fresno, I'd be like, Oh, okay. You know, maybe that was a, but when this happens in Eugene, first time having fans back, you're losing in the fourth quarter. I'm not buying in. especially you tell me Kayvon Thibodeau, the best player, you know, maybe the best defensive player in the country, but I'm I'm completely out on this uh, Ducks team. So give me Ohio State minus fourteen and a half. I think they win. Give me something like thirty-eight fourteen final. Patty C, what are you thinking? Well, the only thing I mean, I kind of agree with you. The thing about Minnesota and Oregon is, to me, they're I expect the exact same thing out of them, and so the the, the spread is the exact same fourteen and a half. Uh, and Minnesota covered by a half a point last week. Um, that, that was said, at like that was you, at Minnesota. That was at Minnesota. That's true. And Ibrahim uh, is better than anyone that, uh, and he's gone. Uh, 163 rushing yards. I don't think anyone on Oregon is going to be able to replace that kind of production. But um, I will say this: uh, Oregon plays a physical brand of football. I don't think it's as physical as Ohio State, but I don't think they're going to get blown off the ball or anything. Uh, I do think it's on the edges that Ohio State's going to have the advantage, but. Um, I think Ohio state wins by like 17 here. Yeah. I mean, even I, in Columbus. I mean, just imagine if Oregon didn't get, I mean, Thibodeau was responsible for that strip sack that gave him seven points initially. And then, I mean, they had two huge forced fumbles in the first, you know, 10 minutes of that game. If they didn't have that Fresno runs away with this thing. Now I know that's easy to say because they probably got conservative because they're up 14, but I'm just saying it was not that impressive of a performance for me from the, especially the Oregon offense. And now you're telling me Kayvon yeah. Th- Thibodeau's not there. What's that? Right. B- both those uh, first, first quarter fumbles by Fresno were, you know, they, it was in their own territory, meaning, you know, Oregon got great field position on both those turnovers. That's why they went up early 14, nothing. If you take away the first quarter, you could argue Fresno outplayed Oregon for the, the, you know, second, third and fourth quarter. I, yeah. You know, traveling cross country into the horseshoe, Buckeyes early yeah, kick that, too. True. That, that's a factor too. Um, and then what we saw from Fresno uh, week one against uh, well, who, who they get week one. Sorry. Was that got, you, you, or, you, no, UConn. 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 Okay. Yeah. So that, the, the reigning national champs, <laughs> but they did, uh, they did look good on the edges. You know, they had speed on the edge. So, I mean, if, if, um, if Oregon had trouble handling that against Fresno, imagine what it's going to be like against Ohio State. That said, I think their ball control offense keeps it relatively close, but Ohio State covers this. All right. Let's go to Knoxville, Tennessee, where they didn't cover against Bowling Green. Got the dub, though. Heupel's got to be happy with that. Pitt, this, this line to open up a pit minus two, it moved to three and a half. Now it's at three. Pitt covered against UMass. Kenny Pickett threw for 272 yards and two scores before they called off the dogs. Pitt currently a field goal favorite. I'm still taking Pitt and I'm locking this thing up. Ooh. Wowzers. I didn't think I, like ten- I didn't. Well, look, I know Bowling Green's horrible. I know that. And to me, Tennessee kept Bowling Green in that game far too long. 
for me to be impressed. Uh, yes, Pitt's playing UMass, so Pitt can always pit. I, I know there's a risk with this game, um, but I just think Pitt's defense, uh, Pat Narduzzi, six-year senior quarterback. I, I thought Joe Milton struggled with Tennessee. Was not overly impressed. Uh, give me Pitt in in, uh, in Knoxville to get it done. Well, I'll, I'll say this: Pitt can always pit, and ACC can always ACC against the SEC. That is a good point. <laughs> I will say on the road. I will say there's a couple big matchups, a couple big ACC on the road versus SEC matchups. You know, there's one other one, including this one that we'll get to. Which are, you know, it's, it's seriously, it's big games for the ACC as a conference. After a very bad week one, a couple road wins in SEC country would go a long way in kind of, you know, coming back up to, you know, some level of respectability. I'm with you. I'm going pit. I don't, I don't love it, but yeah, I mean, what Tennessee was up 14 and six at half against Bowling Green. <laughs> you know, Joe Milton was 11 of 23 passing, you know, which I think, you know, further solidifies the fact that he isn't a very good quarterback. So I'm on pit. I think they got the, the defense. They got the experience. They got, you know, pick it at quarterback. I think Pitt wins this game, but I, I'm just not, I, I don't know. I've just seen Pitt, like you said, just just do pit too many times. Well, that, so that, I think that's my thing is yeah. I, I locked this, I locked it up, but it's probably my least favorite lock because of Pitt's history. Like yeah. Pitt, Pitt's the type of team that, you know, can beat Clemson and the next week lose to Ohio. You know what I mean? Like, right. it, so I, I get it. I just think that this pit, I feel like it's almost like impossible. Like the Tennessee team that I saw, I thought the SEC was very fortunate to have them play Bowling Green because I think if it was any other Mac school besides Bowling Green or Akron, they might have lost that game. I got caught. Let me say one thing. You're locking Pitt, and I like Pitt just like both of you guys, but I say the one real guarantee in this is there's going to be a sweat. You know? Yeah. Pitt, yeah. Pitt is not going to pull away. I could see that. I would be surprised if they like come out and just like whip them. Uh, you know, that, that would be impressive. That would tell you that the type of team Pitt is, but I wouldn't expect that. <laughs> All right. Moving down the line, I got to touch on a couple more FCS games that from that early slate. Georgia Tech, we saw Georgia Tech lose to Northern Illinois in Atlanta. And, and, uh, you know, it's a guy that's subscribed to a couple Georgia Tech chat or, uh, or uh, Facebook groups. Uh, they want Jeff Collins fired. This is a big one here. Kennesaw State. Now, I understand Kennesaw State wasn't that great this past spring, but the year prior, they were in the FCS playoffs. Could the triple option, the old Paul Johnson offense, and Kennesaw State. Give it to Georgia Tech in Bobby Dodd Stadium. Come uh, come noon Eastern uh, on Saturday, guys. Well, first off, so Jeff Sims, the quarterback at Georgia Tech, was hurt early in that game. He only played a quarter and change, I guess, and he missed the rest of the game. I don't know what his status is for this coming weekend. That's important because it seems like without him, the team wasn't able to do anything. The backup quarterback, Jordan Yates. I, I guess, you know, looking at his stats, it looked decent, but there's no, really, there's no excuse for losing to Northern Illinois at home. Even if your starting quarterback goes down with an injury, I think if Sims is back, I think he's a difference maker. I think Georgia tech will win if he's back, but I, I need to monitor that injury report. Patty. 
Uh, well, as impressive as uh, Kennesaw's win against Reinhardt was last week by 10 points, I am <laughs> going to fade the Owls, and I think uh, I think I'm confident Georgia Tech gets this W. All right, and let's just say if they lose, then it might be Collins's ass. Yeah, but I yeah. think when you're playing a team that has been a good FCS school over the past few years, that could be dangerous. Um, I want to hit on a couple more FCS games before we talk some be- some better uh, games, but. I, I'm locking this one. Michigan State's a 20 and a half point favorite against Youngstown State. I am taking Michigan State and and Kenneth Walker, who ran for 264 yards against Northwestern. Well, I think things are going to be even better against Youngstown. Youngstown pulled a win out of their ass against Incarnate Word on on opening Thursday night. But I got Michigan State minus 20 and a half in Lansing. That's a lock. I like it. You know, I was surprised that Youngstown State was, I think they're like a nine point favorite over Incarnate Word. So yeah. I, I jumped on IW and they, they covered with ease. That game and went to overtime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Youngstown's not going to hang with Michigan State. Michigan State took care of business easily against you, Northwestern you, last week. You going to lock home. that one? Do you want to, do you want to, do you want to come to the land down under? I'll- I'll take a, a direct flight to the down under with you, buddy. Lock it up. Oh, there we go. There you we go. Patty C. I'm jumping on that same flight too. There. There we go. That is the triple lock right there. That is the triple lock in the land of down under. Get there your, we go. We got to get that country song. Uh, I'm getting drunk on a plane. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Okay. One more FCS game before I, I dive into some other ones. Indiana State, the Sycamores, one and zero, beat Eastern Illinois. They traveled to Northwestern, where where Northwestern did not look great. Hunter Johnson, yes, he threw three touchdowns, but that that defense, uh, Mike Hankowitz gone, and it showed. Any chance the Sycamores cover? What is that? Twenty six, twenty six point spread against Northwestern. Guys, I think it's possible. I mean, you know, Northwestern is known for playing down to their opponents. They've had a uh, lots of you know close calls and even losses to Mac schools, maybe even some FCS schools. I'd have to go back. Yeah, and, they did. You know, they lost and, to Illinois State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. So I think twenty six and a half is a lot for a team that is struggling right now. Granted, only one game, but uh, yeah, I think I like the Sycamores to cover that. Patty C. Uh, this could be overreaction city by all of us, but uh, yeah, I mean, Indiana state one and Northwestern Oh and one and 26 and a half is probably more points than Pat Fitzgerald has ever covered in a game. So uh, I guess Indiana state, I'm going to buy this Northwestern soup. Uh, just the fact that they scored 21 on Michigan state, Indiana state's offense couldn't do much against Eastern Illinois. The whole second half. Give me Northwestern. I don't like this play. By the way, tickets are as low as two dollars. So go out there and check out that game if you're in the Chicago area. Get some Sycamore action. Uh, all right, uh, Miami, Ohio, coming off of a bad loss to Cincinnati, they traveled to Minnesota, where I think me and Nick should be wondering about our. I think all three of us maybe our our win total locks of Minnesota over seven. Muhammad Ibrahim out for the season. Got to be concerning a little bit, but Minnesota laying twenty. Against the Red Hawks, are we worried that the Ibrahim injury could be a problem? And Chuck Martin's squad from uh, Ohio perhaps hangs around this game, Nick. 
I'm going Minnesota. I think they bounce back here. Obviously, Ibrahim was, you know, the cornerstone of their offense. He's been a great running back for a couple of years now. But they still got Tanner Morgan. I think uh the receiver, what's his name? Altman Joe Altman, Altman Bell. Bell. I think yeah. he's gonna be back healthy this week. Um Cincinnati rolled through Miami of Ohio last week, like a couple of us thought. Uh two of the three of us anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, we we swayed Patty C, remember? He changed his opinion. He changed. He, cha- you know, look. It's right, easy well, to see a tide turn. <laughs> yeah, you, you changed me. You changed me. There, there was about a two-second period where I was on Miami, Ohio, and then you guys like stated one fact, and I was like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> Give me that was me. that was an easy lock. Let's not. I mean, look, Miami, Ohio is a decent MAC school. They'll probably be around 500, but the MAC is the MAC, and I think the Big Ten shows that this week again. Yeah, I like Minnesota here. To I, I was gonna, I, I would have locked this if Ibrahim was healthy. I really yeah. would have. I, I did lock it. So, oh, there you uh, go. Minnesota for sure. 20, 20 points, nothing. 20 Dude, points. Yeah. Uh, Miami, Ohio backward those 14 points, 49, 14. But I want to say Cincinnati scored like the first 38 points of the game. Minnesota is not that far off from Cincinnati. Now, granted, without Ibrahim, maybe they're a little down, but they're still a darn good team. Agreed. Agreed. All right, the Golden Hurricane. After Dan Hawkins pulled off the shocker, they traveled to Stillwater, where Tulsa almost pulled off the shocker last September. Oklahoma State, though, barely, only beating Bobby Petrino's uh, Road Rash face by seven points in Stillwater. Oklahoma State laying this line opened up at eleven and a half. It's up to thirteen now. Oklahoma State laying thirteen, and guess what, guys? I know last year happened, but I'm riding Oklahoma state minus 13. I still, I, I, I don't Zavin Collins is gone. The corners that are now starting at Missouri, they're, they, they're gone from that Tulsa defense. Uh, the quarterback play iffy against UC Davis. Give me the Cowboys minus 13. I know there's a little brother factor here. I think it still could be a decent game, but give me a Cowboys late to get a touchdown. Give me a 42, 28 final score, high scoring. Wow. I don't think it's going to be anywhere near that amount of points in this game. Um, you know, I was high on Tulsa thinking that they couldn't possibly have as bad of quarterback play as they did last year. And then I saw the game against UC Davis <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that quarterback Davis Brin, who, who won the, who won the starting gig. He went 15 of 28 for two of one and two picks. I guess again, that's against an FCS opponent. You know, wait till we see what Oklahoma, what Oklahoma State has in store. The big question here is though, is what is up with Spencer Sanders? Uh, apparently, he had COVID. He didn't play Week One against Missouri State. I don't know what the protocols are this year. Could he be back Week Two? That's going to make a big difference. Last year, the game was closed because Sanders got hurt in the first half and the backup, I think his name is Illingsworth. Maybe yeah. Shane Illingsworth. A, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's not that good. So obviously, you know, I, I don't think you want to bet this game until maybe Friday or so. Once maybe you hear some more information. The problem is this day and age college coaches don't tell anybody anything. So it's hard to get any kind of intelligence. You don't know who's going to play. I mean, I didn't know Spencer Sanders was out. Yeah, me neither. Uh, until uh, yeah, until after the game started, you know. So, I'm staying away from the game as it is because I don't know who's going to play quarterback for the Cowboys. But if I had to pick a side right now, 
regardless of the quarterback, I would say Oklahoma state covers because Tulsa just could not put up any kind of offense against uh, UCD. How about them Cowboys? Yeah! Patty? <laughs> uh, look, I'm going to say, look, did, uh, did two teams play better college uh, coaches at the FCS level than uh, Dan Hawkins and Bobby Petrino? Good um, point. You know, both we're down on both these teams, but they played two very proven, excellent coaches with huge wins in, or huge seasons on their resume. Whoa, so, whoa hang on. Uh, it's division one football. There, there you go. You sorry. Go. Sorry. Beautiful. <laughs> there you go. That's right. Dan Hawkins knows. Um, look, Oklahoma state kind of uh, pulled away early and then Missouri state made it uh, pretty it up late. So I think uh, maybe they got conservatively. I'll be honest. I didn't get to see a lot of this game that said Tulsa's loss to UC Davis really hurts. And what's the spread at again? Hold on. I just lost 13, track of that. 13, um, Oklahoma state minus 12 and 13. A half I got it. I'm actually locking Oklahoma state here to cover this just because that's a terrible loss for uh, Tulsa, even against Dan Hawkins. He's locking this up. Guys. I want to say it was a seven point game last year, right? Yeah, no. And Tulsa yeah, should have won Tulsa the game. It was a bullshit holding penalty on a yeah. touchdown that Tulsa threw. Then on, that was on third down. And then on fourth down, their kicker missed like a 20 yarder. And, yeah. and I'm telling you, man, Tulsa should have won this game. Uh, Florida travels to Tampa to Raymond James Stadium to take on what I thought was the worst week one performance of any FBS school, short of Vanderbilt, perhaps, or maybe maybe throw Washington into that bin too, but not really because South Florida was the only team in the nation in, out of 130 teams to get shut out. I have concerns about this bowl offense. Florida's laying 28 and a half. It opened up at 27. It's up to 28 and a half. Yeah. I know Florida wasn't that impressive. I, I, I know that uh, Florida Atlantic covered, but if you look at that game and you watch that game, Florida struggled, especially their quarterback, but they're playing South Florida. I don't care that it's not in the swamp because this is pretty much going to be the swamp because no one gives a shit about South Florida. Give me Florida minus 28 and a half. I don't like it. And maybe you do buy the half a point. I feel like we're agreeing too much here, but yeah, I mean like how can you bet on USF right now? Yeah. Yeah, they they lost what was it 41 or 49 nothing? 49 40, nothing to uh, NC State. Yeah. But it was how it, it was how they lost too. Like the the quarterback's uh, throwing in the triple coverage and it's like I what mean, are you doing? They're their two Q their two QBs combined for 14 of 33 passing for 167 and three interceptions. I get it. Emory Jones did not have a very good uh, debut for Florida, but you know, maybe he learned a couple things. Maybe, you know, he can have a better second game. I think he will. I think Florida Atlantic is better than USF. It's actually a shame how far USF has fallen. I mean, from, from the days where they were first and FBS school, they were a lot better than they are now. Twenty years later, Jim Levitt days. Exactly. I don't understand what happened, but they're they're awful now. There's no way you can bet USF. Like, let me ask you this. Hold on. If you want to stay, if you want to stay away from the game, I get it. But there's no way you bet USF, right? (laughs) So I'm on. I'm on Florida. Patty, see what are you gonna say? Hundred percent agree. Well, if Greg Schiano could go back to 2007 and bring back Rutgers to a, a power uh, program, why can't USF go back and get Jim Levitt? 
because you know, because apparently well, Randy Edsel yeah. couldn't bring UConn back. That, that uh, that's a fair point. <laughs> and I think I think you know what uh, he uh, Levitt grabbed one of his players. You know, everyone made was a big deal out of that USF that he punched the kid in the face. That wasn't a punch; it was a slap. All right, I mean, <laughs> let the guy he coach. He was just like yelling about Will Wade and got kicked out or something. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, folks, we got the rest of our week one picks coming up on episode two here. Make sure you uh, go check out the second episode. We are going through all the ep- most of the hour. Uh, I know there's not lines on all these games, but as much as we can give you, we're giving it to you on the college football experience. So stay tuned to part two 